In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. Day three of camp and we're on pads. And like always, we've got a world exclusive on the podcast. I'm here with Mac Robinson. Mac, how are you? I'm doing well, Paul. How about yourself, man? Mate, congratulations. It's a world exclusive. You got your new gig with OBR, social media content wizard. Is that your new title? Yeah, a little bit of social media, a little bit of writing, everything like that, kind of dabbling in all of it for the most part. <laughs> mate, I'm jealous, mate. It sounds like my dream job. Yeah, yeah, it's felt like a dream so far. I'm happy to be with the team, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about training camp, man. Mate, just educate us a little bit. Who else are with the um, OBR? So you've got some. You've got a good diverse group of guys over there. There's um, all 22 Chalk Talk on uh, Twitter who does a lot of film breakdowns. Jake Burns has been with us in the past as well, and he's still with us doing some uh, doing some articles with us. But in addition to that. Uh, Bob Evans is our uh, managing editor, uh, not the restaurant, the writer, um, but uh, also Jared Mueller um, is there with us as well. A little bit of a, um, a little bit of an info wizard, but at the same time, he's also really in depth with his stuff and also uh, touches on some of the social aspects of things when it comes to the Browns. But in addition to him as well, you got Lane Adkins, uh, who's an extremely great insider. And if you haven't already, I definitely recommend getting the premium. Uh, subscription over there just because Lane really does great work but in addition to him Fred Greetham, Brent Sobleski those guys have been fantastic with us. Yeah Fred and uh, Brett big uh, big fans had them both on the show and uh, Mac I can't believe you're already plugging your new company they love, <laughs> love that mate. Hey man I'm already I'm already ready to go I'm already I'm already acclimated. <laughs> well mate mate well done mate and uh, when I come out to Cleveland in September we'll have a celebrationary uh, beer. All right, sounds good, man. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> Mate, but seriously, everyone wants to know, day three camp, you've been there for the last three days. We've covered day one, day two. Tell us, day three, let's, let's try and do position by uh, position. How have you found it? Um, really, the, I've really seen the team as a whole. And mind you, I've been there. I, I've been covering camp the last two years. Um, this is my first year credentialed, obviously, but the last few side, the last two years with the fan side of things. But um covering with Browns wire as well but the last two years really you could tell that there that there was talent there and there that there was potential the difference is that this year it seems like the speed has really been cranked up to 11 and also there's been a different kind of focus I feel this year um really you've seen more of a focus on uh technique uh this year uh compared to a lot of times where there would be a lot of focus on the scheme that they were running everything like that but really a, a step back into fundamentals and just making sure this team is technically sound, um, which is really refreshing. And the, the practices that I've seen, um, they look pretty crisp overall. There was uh, some penalties here and there, but at the same time, um, there's been a ton of standouts that I, I'm really, really a fan of. And I would say this too, the most impressive group that I, I would say has been the defensive line in my opinion. Yeah, okay. Well, let's, let's start with the defensive line. 
So the, the, the starting four, they look solid, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing that's really intriguing to me is the fact that, obviously, you're going to have your Larry Ogunjobi. Miles Garrett's going to be Miles Garrett. He's Superman pretty much at this point. But really taking a look at across the line, the fact that you go ahead and you see the fact that Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett, they're getting comfortable switching sides. Miles playing a little bit of left end. Miles playing a little bit of right end. Same thing with Olivier Vernon coming over from the right side with New York, coming over and playing left in Cleveland. They're kind of mixing that up. And also that if you're a defense coordinator or an offense coordinator, excuse me, you have to be on your toes and have to be, keep that in mind. But the other aspect of it too is Sheldon Richardson. I mean, look, I knew he was athletic coming into this and I was a big fan of the signing when they got him, but he is really really stood out to me I'm a big fan of him as a three tech defensive tackle and I've I've been saying for years now that they need to go ahead and have that upgrade but the fact that they go ahead and they add in somebody as talented as Sheldon Richardson I'm super excited to see how this defensive line performs this year Mac I'm going to challenge you on one thing now and I'm going to switch it over Greg Robinson, I saw a couple of Twitter clips, looked like he was giving uh, Miles Garrett a run for his money. Yeah, honestly, Greg Robinson has really stood out. And I know I was talking to a couple media members about it as well. But the fact that Greg Robinson, when you see him coming out of his stance, and obviously Greg Robinson, towering human being, he's about 6'5", 320, 350. And so you'd think a guy of that size would end up being kind of like lumbering a little bit, maybe like not necessarily move as well. But Greg Robinson, extremely athletic, kind of sits back a little bit and really waits for the pass rush to come to him. And he's actually really improved, especially. Uh, for a guy who came in last season as a pretty much just an add-on, a training camp body, and really just a, a lottery ticket, he's really performed well. I really like what I've seen from Greg Robinson so far. Excellent. Well, I'll get back to the defense. Do you think that Miles Garrett was giving it 100% or do you think he was doing 80? Um, I, I, Miles talked about it day one. He said that just because they were in shorts a little bit, it's not that he's going to give it 80% like when it, comes to, when it comes to practices or anything like that, and that makes him less of a competitor. I don't want to put that narrative out there. But when it comes to Miles, he's really done a he, – he really is just so over – he's so athletic. And he's such an athletic freak that even his 80% is most guys 100%. So he really has been a huge standout. And honestly, I'm expecting a massive year from Garrett. Excellent. And did you look at the uh, second and third team on the D-line? Um, I was looking at them a little bit, yeah. Chad Thomas was getting a little bit of a uh, run with the second team um, at defensive end, uh, left defensive end the second day. I, I looked at them – uh, he looked all right, a little uh, like a step slow, but at the same time, uh, he has to kind of work on that a little bit. But the thing that you got to keep in mind too is that coming out of Miami, he was a raw prospect to begin with. Um, but you like the measurables that you saw for the most part. Um, so there's stuff that they that he needs to work on, but definitely, I think you can see the fact that the focus being on the technical skills uh, for for this team as a whole, it's really starting to make its impact on everybody as a whole. And uh, how did the rest of the second line uh, line up today? Can you remember? Um, I'm not sure right off the top of my head. Um, I didn't get a good look at that. I was kind of focusing a little bit more so on the linebackers in the secondary a little bit today. Yeah, because it's um, – yeah, I think yesterday it was um, Avery, Coley, Akul, if I said that correct, and Zettel was the second team. But I'm just interested to know how it lined up today. Yeah, um, I know that uh, when they were doing – 
uh, some different lining up and everything like that. Zeta was getting a little bit of work with the second team. Uh, they kind of used Avery in an interesting role where it was basically like, all right, you know, we're going to give Miles a, a breather with the first team. Avery, you go ahead and go in. Or even if we – basically, they use him as like the swing pass rusher in the same way that you have the swing tackle on offense. They kind of use him as that guy where, okay, you know what, we can go ahead and pull this guy real quick, put, it, put Avery in there, see if we can get some work with him. And he was working on the left side and the right side. So, once again, that positional versatility really coming in clutch with him. Mm. Uh, Chris Smith is being a bit quiet and – yeah, Chris Smith has been with the second team for the most part. He's had solid veteran presence, I would say, in that defensive line room. Um, and he's somebody that – I mean, he had some solid production as a situational pass rusher last year. I think that he's probably going to be in a similar role this year. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm moving on to the linebackers. Uh, what do you see today? Still two of them there? Uh, yeah, for the most part, they were running a 4-2-5 scheme a little bit. I know I tweeted that out a little bit today too. But he was uh, – the defense was mainly in a 4-2-5 for the most part, but they were in big nickel. So that meant that they had Jermaine Whitehead, uh, who normally plays strong safety. They had him as the nickel with uh, TJ Carey pushed to the outside with Denzel Ward opposite. Um, but then you also had Eric Murray getting in the mix a little bit as well. But when it came to the linebackers, you had Kirksey and you had Schobert with the first team. Um, second team, you ended up having uh, the, the rookies, Sione Takitaki, as well as Mac Wilson getting some work in there. Um, Mac has been interesting uh, for the most part so far. He, he's looked like he's been making some plays. Um, Taki Taki is uh, adjusting. Um, he's actually – I really like Taki Taki because the guys I talked to in the offseason um, really were talking and couldn't stop praising his athleticism. But not only that, his energy that he brings. Um, and they kind of put him as a uber-athletic Sam backer, which is exactly what the Browns need. So I think that as he kind of gets adjusted, and I, and I talked to him about that today a little bit, I asked him um, what he's really been trying to focus on when it comes to his improvements. But really, he said that he's trying to work on his game as a whole, but also trying to work a little bit zone um, and his coverage skills. But really just getting adjusted to his, his entire game as a whole, that's really been his focus. Mm. And uh, uh, the safeties, um, who was starting? Um, it was mainly – obviously, you have Randall as uh, the free safety, but you also had a good mix. Like I said, they were working with Big Nickel, so it was a little bit difficult to see. Uh, Morgan Burnett had a little bit of a, uh, a light day of work that was planned uh, per Freddie, um, talking about it after practice. But uh, for the most part, you ended up seeing um, a lot of Eric Murray, uh, where he kind of got rotated down, uh, where they were kind of mixing packages up, where – uh, you would see kind of the safeties with Murray, Whitehead, and uh, Randall all kind of switch spots where Murray might be blitzing on one play. Then you'd have Whitehead blitzing on the other play and have the defenses or the safeties rotate uh, to go ahead and adjust for coverage. But really, it was it was interesting to see the positional versatility. And honestly, I would say that about the entire defense as a whole. There's so many different pieces that you can plug and play that it really causes offensive coordinators nightmares, in my opinion. Yeah, and if I'm correct, Eric had a good day. He got inception. Yeah, yeah he had uh, – so it came down to um, the offense was kind of working their way downfield, and uh, I think it was two-minute drill um, with uh, Drew Stanton leading the way. He got down to about the five-yard line, if I'm remembering correctly, and then threw the interception to Eric Murray, who ran it down the sideline uh, for a pick six. So um, Murray, Murray was looking pretty good. That was with the second team, uh, but Murray was – was looking pretty good for the most part today. And another one that I – or, I mean, not to switch over to corners, but 
another one that really has uh, really stood out to me has been Greedy, Greedy Williams. Um, he, he's, been t- he's been making some adjustments. And one thing that I pointed out, too, was the fact that I, I looked down the field on day one of practice. And I ended up seeing um, defense coordinator Steve Wilkes working individually with Greedy Williams, um, Terrence Mitchell, and Lindsey Pipkins on just coverage skills and kind of working out of the outside uh, cornerback stance that they have playing on the outside. So really, I think that it's interesting. And like I mentioned, too, just focusing on the fundamentals uh, when it comes to this team and focusing on their technique, that's going to be huge for uh, him as well and really being able to keep that up and I'm interested to see how he's able to progress. He, he talked about the fact that going up against an Odell, going up against a Jarvis Landry and some of these guys really just helps him grow and helps him learn. Uh, so I'm interested to see how he kind of progresses as camp comes along. I just want to be really clear. He had a great day, day two, and you're saying he had a great day, day three as well. Uh, yeah, for the most part. There were some times where he got burnt a little bit uh, going up against uh, Higgins as well, but at the same time, um, and plus, I mean, going up against Odell, you're going to have a hard time no matter what. But uh, at the same time, I really liked what I saw out of Greedy. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, flipping on the um, offense, um, let's start with the O-line. We talked about Greg Robinson. How did the um, other tackle do? Uh, so Chris Hubbard's been pretty good. He's been pretty solid for the most part. Um, it, seems like, uh, some, it seems like Kendall Lamb is somebody who the team really likes in talking to some people as well. Um, Kendall Lamb has really been working his way as uh, the potential backup tackle as well. Brad Seaton, um, really tall guy, uh, in the same way that I talked about uh, Greg Robinson, where he, he seems like he has that stature. Um, he really doesn't have that quickness right off the snap. So that's something that he has to work on. But um, he's been working as a left tackle. But other than him, um, it, when it comes to that right guard competition, um, it's really been kind of inconsistent just from what I've seen. Um, it seemed like Kalis or uh, Kalish, I, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I'm really, I'm sorry, Kyle. I apologize. And I will say a little bit of back, a little bit of uh, background here. So for high school, I went to St. Ignatius here in Cleveland. Um, and Kyle actually went to uh, our rival, St. Edward. Um, when I was in high school, he was two years in front of me. So it's kind of interesting to see it now, uh, see him at this level. But at the same time, too, it's great to see him competing uh, for that uh, right guard spot. And uh, I talked to Joel Batonio yesterday after practice, after day two, and he mentioned the fact that the biggest improvements uh, when it comes to Austin and Kyle has really been their footwork for the most part um, and really kind of getting acclimated to the offense. So it's something that I'm going to be kind of keeping my eye on as camp progresses and seeing how they all fit together because it's been, like, I, like you said, I've been there the first three days. Day one, it was Austin Corbett. Day two, it was uh, Kyle. And day three, it was uh, Eric Cush. And so it, it's all these guys kind of rotating in and seeing who plays well and then kind of going from there. So really it's kind of just trying to fit the puzzle pieces and kind of get your best five uh, linemen out there. And Mac, I always like to ask tough questions. Who okay. do you think start in uh, week one as right guard? Who are you going to put your money on? Oof. Um, if I had to put my money right now, I'm going to go Corbett just because of the fact that he has that second round status. Um, because uh, to be quite honest, um, none of the three have really stood out uh, to me and really like made their presence felt. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, Kyle had a solid day too, but nothing, nothing crazy in my opinion. 
Uh, so it, it's something that I've been trying to keep my eye on for the most part. Uh, but at the same time, too, it, I'm not necessarily going to be sure until I see that first game because, like I mentioned, that defensive line is damn good. And so it's going to be tough to see those guys going up against those guys every single day. But it's going to be once we see that other team go ahead and play against them, that's something I'm going to be watching. I'm going to go with Eric Kusharik, and I think he may just, uh, with his experience, I think they may go him as the safe option. Okay. I mean, Eric, I think, is somebody who's going to be solid. I, I think that he can be a, uh, a good backup for this team. I don't think he's going to be the starter. But um, out of anything, uh, I could see – I mean, there's a scenario, in my opinion, where you end up having Kyle as the backup right guard or uh, Kyle as a starting right guard. You can have Cush uh, as your backup right guard, and then you can have Corbett as your backup uh, center. And yeah. the way that kind of works out, the way that their positional versatility goes. But it's going to be interesting to see. And yet uh, Tretter with the first, obviously. And who was second with the center today? Um, I saw Austin Corbett actually taking some backup center snaps. So I know that they're trying to work him in a little bit and kind of kind of get his feet wet in a, in a couple of different areas when it comes to center and right guard and see what kind of sticks for them and trying to get their best offensive lineman out there. What about Forbes? You seen much of him? Um, Forbes has been inconsistent. Um, the thing with him, obviously, he's, he's got a big jump coming from a small school. Uh, but when it comes to Forbes, uh, yesterday – uh, he got some he got some work in and he uh, he took a bull rush right to the chest and ended up getting knocked on his backside. So for him, uh, it, it's kind of a work in progress. Like I mentioned, just working on those fundamentals day in and day out. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up by the end of camp. Uh, he's possibly a practice squad guy in my opinion, uh, but definitely somebody worth keeping an eye on. I just can't see him going to practice squad, Dave. Built him up quite a lot now, so uh, I'm scared if he goes on there, he may just get snapped up. Yeah, I mean, that's a reasonable possibility. But, I mean, hey, at, at, at this point, I mean, think about where we're at now where we're talking about the fact that our, our, our six-round pick, I think it is, our six-round yeah. our six pound, six round guard, six-pound guard, that's a different, that's a different issue. But uh, six-round guard uh, with, with Forbes, possibly going to the practice squad and losing our, losing our backup offensive linemen, we're, we're so deep as a team, or the Browns are so deep as a team, that you really have to go ahead and take a look at the fact that top to bottom, there's going to be some tough cuts, and there's going to be some players that end up not making the squad. One player, Brian Finnegofalofa, if I said that anything correct, number 67. Have you mm -hmm. seen him at all? Um, I haven't really seen much of him as, as much. I've really been trying to focus on the right, on the, uh, the right guards and seeing how Greg Robinson has uh, progressed uh, from those eight games last year and seeing how he's come into camp pretty much. Okay, great. And uh, yeah, let's move on in the, in the offense. Let's try quarterback. How has uh, Baker Mayfield been? Oh, Baker Mayfield's been Baker Mayfield. He's been he's been fantastic. Um, there there have been some times where he's been he's gotten a little bit aggressive, uh, going throwing into double coverage, throwing into those tight windows. But I mean, Baker's going to be Baker. I mean, if he didn't do that, he wouldn't he wouldn't be Baker Mayfield, honestly. Um, but taking a look at the way that he's kind of performed, um, I I love to I love what he's been able to do with this team so far. Um, but in addition to Baker, I mean. One of, one of my 
sneaky, sneaky picks. If, um, if Drew Stanton, uh, Drew Stanton seems like he's pretty locked into the backup, but in my opinion, if they keep three, there's a, there's a chance that they keep three quarterbacks in my opinion. Um, just because I, I really like what I've seen out of Garrett Gilbert. Yep. Uh, so far. Um, he's been somebody who obviously former AAF quarterback, uh, the AAF all-time leader in passing yards. So um, he really performed well there, but he's really looked good. Um, he's had some, he's had some uh, big plays uh, down the field um, as well, but he's really showed some poise in the pocket, and I'm interested to see how he plays uh, in the preseason. So you're saying that Drews uh, may not be locked on as a uh, the backup. There could be a bit more competition there from uh, Garrett. Well, I think that it's less so the competition for the number two quarterback and more so the fact that the Browns might need to keep three quarterbacks um, because of the fact that uh, Gilbert's, in my opinion, he's shown a good amount. I, I think that uh, he's looked pretty good in my opinion. Um, and taking a look at him, I think that the Browns need to go ahead and take a look at this roster and say, okay, do we want to go ahead and have another player at another position or do we want to keep a third quarterback? So that that's and it's it's tough to ask. It's tough it's to see. If you it's also if you if you look commercially, it's a trade position for later date. Keeping quarterbacks on your roster, you can trade them and they're worth something. So uh, yeah, and, and even too like even if you develop them and he just turns into a solid backup, that's that's huge for this team uh, because of the fact that look, when you have your franchise quarterback, the next imp- the next most important position is your backup. So. Taking a look at that, I mean, really, you you look at the way that this team has to be structured, and I think that Garrett Gilbert has a has a shot to uh, at least develop into something as his career uh, moves on. Let's let's think really the worst here. Uh, Mayfield has a, a, a season-ending injury. Would you be happy with Drew Stanton starting as your quarterback for the season? Um, I look at Drew Stanton kind of as a glorified quarterback coach in the same way that uh, that's what. Josh McCown really was supposed to be for the most part. Um, but really taking a look at that, I, I think that uh, Stan, he's all right. But, um, I mean, I, I he wouldn't be my choice to be the guy that I want as my starter week in, week out. But at the same time, though, he, he's a smart enough quarterback and he's been around the league enough to where he's seen a lot of football. And I definitely want him around as my backup to help teach Baker Mayfield, to help teach a Garrett Gilbert as well. Excellent. And uh, I heard that uh, Duke got a bit of an injury today. Do you know any more about that at all? Um, I'm not sure about the extent of Duke's injury. I know that he's going to try to work through it for the most part. Um, and they're, they're kind of working him along. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure as to the extent of the injury. I don't think it's anything serious. Um, but I know uh, that there'll be a little bit cautious with it, and if he's if he's anywhere close to being ready to play, I, he, he'll be out there, knowing Freddie and the way that he runs his practices. Yeah, okay. Hamstring injury, it sounds like, and how do the rest of the running backs uh, do? Um, Dontrell Hilliard's been getting a good amount of carries uh, for the most part as a change of pace back, but in addition to Hilliard, I, I look at Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb, as as good as he was last year, he looks even more fluid. He looks even more comfortable running out of the backfield. And not only that, he looks even more comfortable catching the ball 
which is something that I know a lot of people kind of gave him the knock for coming out of Georgia. He wasn't really asked to do that all that much at Georgia, but at the same time, he's really seemed like he's developed and worked on that all offseason long. So I'm really interested to see how he's able to kind of come out uh, this year when it comes to his running style. Yeah, and uh, the, the tight end room, uh, the chief, David, still having a good uh, cross, uh, good camp? Yeah, um, with David Njoku, the, today kind of was a microcosm of his career so far, where he'll have those big plays and he'll be a big-time red zone threat, and that's, kind of, that's what I'm expecting him to be this year, um, honestly. But I think that when you see David Njoku have those big plays, there also were a few of those plays where it hits him right in the hands and he just straight-up drops. So with, with Njoku, you, you get the good and you got to live with the bad. So there are those big plays that he's going to get, but there's going to be those ones that you're going to be kicking yourself for later on in that game. This is something – there's no glue on his hands, is there, with the ball? It always seems <laughs> to uh, – if, if you watch his combine during the season, he, he, he does just – you just want glue on them uh, gloves, just ball just to stick to his hands a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing is um, – you know, you just you wish that you could go ahead and have that almost like that uh, cartoon style where it's like the the jar of glue that you just take a whole entire paintbrush and just wipe down his entire hands with them, and then that ball's just gonna stick to it. But at the same time, too, um, knowing David Njoku, I know he's working with the jug machine, everything like that, and really trying to put that work in day in day out. Yeah, and looking at the depth in the tight end, I, I saw um, Harris. Doing, doing some catches today. Uh, how did Seth look? How did the other Princeton guy look? Um, yeah, so Seth actually, um, he, he got a couple catches, but he hasn't really been getting all that much work. Um, definitely not with the ones because Harris really has uh, taken that role. Um, Orson Charles getting some mix in there as well. But Seth has been working with the second team. Um, in addition to Seth, uh, Steve Carlson, um, he had a he had a good touchdown catch today from uh, David Blow, but at the same time, he's really been he's really been somebody who's kind of just interesting to watch. Um, but Demetrius Harris, I I am really really intrigued, especially because of the fact that uh, you saw how uh, Darren Phelps was last year uh, for this team as the as the quote unquote blocking tight end but he always ended up seeing seemingly uh in the perfect place at the right time for um for baker ended up catching so many touchdown passes from him what it felt like and harris has that athletic background playing basketball in the past to where i think he can be somebody who has a sneaky good role on this team maybe not necessarily anything major but that guy who is going to always seemingly be in that perfect place for this team yeah and uh, what about Pharrell Brown? Uh, Pharrell Brown has been getting some uh, second team, third team work. Um, he's been getting some solid catches in here and there, but um, nothing really standing out to me. And here's a tough question for you. Who, let's just go with Harris and uh, the Chief as the one-two tight ends. Who do you think is going to make third tight end? Oof. Um... If I had to pick right now, I'd probably say DeValve okay. uh, for right now. But, I mean, I know there's a ton of competition in that room. So, the fact that DeValve really has been working with the second team and third team kind of, it's interesting to see where he'd be at. 
Um, but, but yeah, uh, I'm not necessarily sure uh, when it comes to uh, DeValve. I, I don't think his roster spot is safe by any means. Yeah, no, I'm really scared for De- uh, Seth DeValve. I think it is a flick of a toy, whether he's in or out. And uh, the, just you saying he didn't get that many snaps just worries me that end of last season, Kitchens didn't give him a lot. He came back from injury. I just think he may just be that one player that's not flavor of the of, of the team, flavor of the month. Yeah, and that's just a thing for, for Seth. That's kind of a bummer for him is the fact that, like you mentioned, I mean, the fact that he's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career. And that's been the biggest deterrent for him. He came into the league injured, and he's been injured quite often in the league. And so for him, he has that potential, but at the same time, it's getting to put up or shut up time at this point uh, for him where he's got to put up some production. And the most exciting room at the moment in the Browns is the wide receiver room. How did that look today? Sorry, you were breaking up a little bit there. Yeah, sorry. Um, how's the most exciting room in the uh, Cleveland Browns, the wide receiver? How was that looking today? Uh, looking great. Looking great. And I know I said it's competitive in the tight end room. The wide receiving room, the wide receiver room might be the most competitive, honestly, because top to bottom, I mean, obviously you're looking at Odell, you're looking at Jarvis, you're looking at uh, those guys, and those guys are locked in. Rashard Higgins has been getting most, if not all, uh, pretty much all of the snaps. I know Callaway got in there for one or two snaps with the ones, but he's been pretty firmly with the second team. Higgins has really stood out. I think Higgins can have a breakout year uh, this season, mainly because of the fact that Rashard Higgins is a very skilled route runner, and he, that's how he wins a lot of his matchups one-on-one. Um, and really, you saw the chemistry with Baker because of the fact that Baker – ran with the twos all last season. His number one receiver with the twos last year was Richard Higgins. That's why he had such great chemistry with him right off the bat. And so for, for Baker, he's got that chemistry already with Higgins. Not only that, Higgins, I think, can end up being this team's possession receiver where he ends up having that pretty good role for the most part. And I think that he has a very solid role in the offense, similar to what you saw out of Tyler Boyd with uh, Cincinnati, where obviously you have the A.J. Green, but also at the same time, I think that Tyler Boyd is one of those solid possession receivers that it can end up doing a lot of good stuff for your team. I think I can expect the same thing, and I think Browns fans can expect the same thing from Higgins. A few people have been saying Callaway doesn't look the same as last year. Any feedback on that? Um, the thing with Callaway is the fact that for him, I think that he's going to end up with a role where – he might get 20 to 30 snaps a game where Freddie just tells him, all right, go deep, take the top off the defense. And I I look at him as a guy where he might not, he might only get 20 to 30 catches during the year, but he'll get 400 yards in like three or four touchdowns uh, because he'll be that big play threat. But I just don't think he's going to get a ton of snaps. I really don't. Um, I think that he's talented, but I think that Higgins really has shown a lot of progress even even more so than what he had done last season, which was already a huge step forward for him. So I think that Higgins has pretty much I don't want to say I don't want to say he's locked up that other outside receiver spot, but he's got a pretty firm grasp on that right now. Mm. And so do you think OBJ's gonna basically push Callaway out if everyone stays healthy? I don't think so. I think that I think that 
uh, OBJ uh, really is his own entity uh, when it comes to this wide receiving room because he literally can do pretty much everything that you need out of a wide receiver. Um, so I think that you go ahead and take a look at that. I, I think that for, for Callaway, the, the issue for him is just going to be the fact that you got to step your game up and be more than just that deep threat and be, more, and be able to do more when it comes to, in terms of route running and really get adjusted because last year for him, obviously he came in behind the eight ball because of the fact that he went ahead and he had, uh, he had missed the previous season at Florida. So he really was coming in after a two-year hiatus going right into a starting role in the NFL. So I, I thought that he, that he was behind the eight ball as it is, and he has to really step up even more so. And really Higgins has stepped up just as much as Callaway, if not more. Mm. Let's look at the depth in the wide receiver room. I, I've worked out there's eight wide receivers all fighting for two positions. And I'm going with Ratley as a number uh, wide receiver number five. But that means seven wide receivers for one position. So the thing with Ratley, and I would say this about Ratley, I, I liked him coming in, but I worry about the fact that he was injured day one and he's been on the, uh, he's been on the bikes the last two days. So for Ratley... I worry that if this injury sticks around too long, like I said, this room is extremely competitive. There's a lot of receivers that have stood out so far, and Ratley didn't stand out as day, on day one. So for him, he's behind the eight ball. He's got to get back healthy if he wants to hold on to that spot. Mm. And who looked good today? Um, the one that's looked good all three days has been Blake Jackson. Uh, Blake Jackson, really, he's – when, when you're talking about a big play and it's not Odell Beckham and you're getting past the big, the big three, big four, if you include Callaway as well. But of, of the rest of the guys, he's really been that guy to step up and go above and beyond. Um, and he's looked very good. Uh, the other one who stood out today was Derek Willies. Derek Willies looked pretty good. He got some, he got some good reps in and even had a deep uh, touchdown catch uh, today as well. But he's really stepped up. Um, I mentioned Jackson as well, but the other one too, that had a really good day too, didn't do as much today was, uh, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. Uh, he's somebody that I've been keeping my eye on, but he looks like he could be a practice squad guy if he doesn't make the team. Um, but like I said, ton of competition in that, in that, in that, uh, position room. But the other one too, that I also should mention too, is, uh, DJ Montgomery had a really good touchdown catch today as well. But um, and also day one, Jalen Strong had a really good uh, toe tapper on the outside um, on a sideline grab. But other than that, he's been kind of quiet. Mm. Yeah, the one I've put my money on is Ish Hyman. Yeah, Ish Hyman has been that speed threat too. You want to talk about Callaway? He's another one that's that uh, can also kind of take the top off that defense a little bit, and he's really been working on his game as well. So I think there's a chance that he makes it. Yeah. Dorian Baker's yeah, the last name we ever mentioned. Um, yeah, Dorian, he, he's had some place that he, he's looked pretty good on, but uh, for the most part, he hasn't really stood out as much to me um, when, I, when I watched the wide receiver room. But, um, but yeah, he really hasn't really stood out all that much, in my opinion. And uh, have you seen anything in the special teams? Um, I saw a little bit today. Callaway was working with special teams. Um, in addition to Callaway, she, Giuseppe, was working with them. Uh, Hyman uh, was working with them as well, as well as Dontrell Hilliard. He was working – all, all four were working with the uh, punt return unit. 
Um, so they were working with all of that. And I will tell you, Jamie Gillen, if he doesn't make the team, even if he doesn't, if he doesn't make the team, he's somebody they're going to keep their eye on because that guy, oh, my God, his punts are beautiful. Beautiful. Well, he's up against Colquitt, which in my eyes is a pro bowl um, punter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty stiff competition. Um, if I, I will say this, if uh, if Colquitt wasn't the punter, if we were looking at somebody maybe a little bit middle of the road, I think Jamie might get it over top of him. Um, Jamie's looked very good. Uh, and I will say, too, they've been working him um, as a holder as well and kind of getting him used to holding as well. So he's somebody who, I mean, honestly, if, if they go ahead and if they cut him, it wouldn't shock me if they tell him, all right, go work on your holds after the year. We'll bring you back in and we'll have you kind of work out with the team again and we'll see if we can bring you on next year. He's somebody that I think even if he's not on this year, I don't think it's the end of Jamie Gillen as a Cleveland Brown. How about this? If he gets cut, do you think someone else would pick him up, snap him up? There's a chance. There's a chance. And because he has a very he, – he has a – he's extremely talented uh, from the punter position. I would say that. His, his punts are booming. And they, they get some serious hang time. Uh, just about they, – they get as much hang time as a Cody Kessler pass. Uh, <laughs> but, but at the same time um, – That's not long. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, but that was the thing was uh, really he, – he has really impressed me. And last question, Mac, is how's it been um, so close to the coaching staff, interviewing them and being close with their presentations? Yeah, have you found that? Um, honestly, being on, being on this side of things has really, it, it's been a dream, honestly. Um, I, I love doing it. And, uh, the fact that I'm able to kind of go in and as much as this is fun to be around the players, everything like that, be around the coach, to be able to ask questions, everything like that. Um, the fact that this is something that I can say that I, that I can do, um, and not only do, but really do this for work is something that I, I'm, I'm truly blessed to be in this position. But I, I love doing it. I love every second of being up there. Have you asked Freddie a question yet? Uh, not Freddie. Not Freddie. I've asked two questions so far. One to Joel Batonio and one to Sione Takitaki. But um, other than that, no, I have not asked a question to Freddie yet. Okay. Well, you've got how many more training camps left? Um, I got three next week. So uh, I, I, at least for next week, I got three. So I got three cracks at it. All right. So start thinking of your questions. I want to I wanna, uh listen to you on youtube asking a question <laughs> all right hey i'll do my best i'll do my best paul mac thank you so much for your time just tell everyone where your details are now uh yeah so you guys can go ahead and uh find me on twitter for the most part twitter and instagram uh at mac robinson cle that's where uh, i post most of my thoughts for right now starting august 1st i will be at the obr uh posting videos uh from training camp as well as uh, daily articles um, and really getting a lot of their news articles put out, everything like that. Uh, so you guys can find my work over there starting August 1st. Excellent. Exciting times, Mac. And uh, mate, once again, a huge congratulations. Uh, doing a great job as always. And uh, you've worked your way up the ladder very well, mate. So well done, buddy. All right. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate that, man. I really do. All right, mate. You take care. All right. You too. You too. Go, go Browns. Go Browns.